Welcome to Warcraft Worlds podcast. My name's Rachel and this is a podcast where we step behind the veil to take a look at some long lost and little known urban legends and spooky stories. If you like your stories with a touch of darkness, please do feel free to subscribe. It would be great to have you as part of the discussion. A few people have asked if I've had any experiences with the paranormal, extraterrestrial or just plain strange. The short answer is yes. The longer answer is far, far stranger than even I want to acknowledge some days. I've always had an interest in what lies beyond our world, be that beings from another planet or what's beyond the veil of our own world. One memory that stands out is sitting in the dusty little library of my hometown and reading a book on UFOs, Bigfoot and every strange thing you could imagine. I was six years old at the time. So where to begin? There is no beginning to these experiences and it's doubtful that there will be an end to them. So let's pick a couple of my favourites if you can call them that because they're not always a bunch of fun to experience. Several years ago I moved into an apartment in a small centrally located UK town. This apartment would be classed as the penthouse as it was on the top floor and had a somewhat nice view over the neighbouring village. The train train line ran beside it and in the summer it was full of light. Despite being the much sought after top floor apartment this four floor building had no elevators. Instead, it was stairs all the way up, which meant lugging groceries up and rubbish down. Forget about moving anything big up there. When I moved out, I ended up leaving a bunch of large furniture up there and having a local charity collect them. I hope that whoever bought the world's most comfortable sofa is now enjoying it. My first night there appeared to be uneventful. It was a Sunday night and come Monday morning, I'd be wandering down the four flights of stairs and out to work. I'd been to the supermarket and bought food and had eaten it while watching whatever had caught my attention on Netflix. I don't remember much about that first day except that everything seemed out of place as it does when you first move into a new home. It was a warm September evening and I remember having the windows open in order to enjoy the breeze. As the day slowly ended, I got everything ready for work the next day, took a shower and went to bed. The blinds in the bedroom weren't the best and I never got around to replacing them. Sunset had come and gone at about 7.30pm so by the time I made it to bed the sky was fully dark. Because the building was on a main road and the blinds didn't block all of the light, the room wasn't completely dark. However, it was dark enough to encourage sleep and as I lay there, I found myself slowly drifting off. At about 9.30pm, I became aware of something in the room with me, bearing in mind that the door was locked and the windows were closed. I was the only person in the apartment. Whenever you move into a new place, it always takes a period of adjustment. You're listening out for unusual sounds and taking in smells that weren't there 24 hours beforehand. Furniture is settling with gentle creaks and the occasional car going by may rattle windows or picture frames. So there I was in bed listening and feeling this new strange place. Except there was something there with me. There at the foot of the bed and outlined in the late summer gloom was a small humanoid figure. It stood about four feet tall with long arms and an over large head. This shadow figure had no other features and was cloaked in black. It appeared to stand out against the night, silently watching me and never moving. I panicked and did everything that I could think of. I prayed, I flooded the room with white light, I did protection visualisations. And still the figure stood at the end of the bed, forever watching and forever waiting. Its presence had a feeling of evil, as though something had happened within the walls that I now lived, and had never been cleared nor moved on. I somehow finally slipped into sleep, and when I woke early the next morning, the being was gone only for it to return the following night. It came every night for five nights, and every night I begged it to leave. Every night I prayed, every night I visualised the room filled with white light, and every night it remained, standing at the end of the bed and never moving, just watching. 
I never did find out what that presence was, but it seemed to linger for the time that I spent in that apartment. There were numerous issues, both with the building and in my personal life. As soon as one issue had cleared, another would arise. There were physical, financial, spiritual and health issues. And yet, as soon as I moved out, these issues began to clear up. One problem that I had for most of the time there related to a birth defect in my right hip. The muscles would occasionally spasm and cause me to walk with a limp. However, that was often quick to clear up and I would forget about it until it flared again. Yet in the handful of years I lived in that apartment, I seemed to have some kind of issue with that leg. Lying on it became uncomfortable. Walking was sometimes impossible and I was taking painkillers every day in order to be able to move comfortably. In late 2019, it caused a back injury which lasted until I eventually moved house in 2021. I would spend most evenings with my legs raised in order to feel some kind of normality. In summer, I had ice packs that I would press to it in order to take down the inflammation. Whether this was caused by the entity in the apartment or the fact that I had to walk up and down several flights of stairs every day, I don't know. But within days of leaving, I found that I could move more easily and sleep more comfortably. The next incident happened a couple of months after that original one. It was now November and I travelled to Berlin in Germany to attend a concert. That The year that all of this happened was not a good year for me. I don't think it was a good year for many people and some people believe that this was the year that life as we know it began to become slowly more dystopian. Just 12 short months later, Donald Trump was elected into office and the whole world seemed to become a little darker. Because I was not having a good time, I do wonder if the entities I was seeing were some kind of figment of my imagination due to stress or were attracted to me because of the negativity that I was giving off. While scary at the time, they do make for some damn good stories. Berlin, for those who have never visited, is a vibrant and rapidly evolving city that has something for everyone, whether it's art, music, food, drink or architecture. This is a city that is on the travel list of many people. And while its history is rich, we must not forget just how dark it also is. Berlin's history doesn't just cover World War II, but also the Thirty Years' War which took place between 1618 and 1648. The city was also briefly occupied in the Seven Years' War, which ran from 1756 to 1763. Their history is not all violence and gloom though. The 20th century saw the city being transformed into a haven for artists, musicians, filmmakers and architects. It was a breeding ground for the German Expressionist movement and saw multiple film studios, galleries and museums open within its boundaries. I was staying at the Maritime Hotel just a stone's throw from Tiergarten Park. This hotel changed hands during Covid and is now Hotel Berlin Central District and is owned by the Marriott chain. Compared to other buildings in the area, the hotel is relatively new, having only been built in the early 2000s. While the exterior was all grey concrete and glass, the interior was designed to reflect the 1920s. This was a deliberate choice by the architects. You walked into the lobby to find a large, opaque, backlit glass ceiling and chandelier hanging over you. A sweeping staircase to the first floor faced you when you first walked in and the reception desks and elevators were washed with dark wood and polished brass. The hotel bar had a central island bar, also constructed from dark wood with opaque glass lamps hanging overhead. The dark interior coupled with the velvet lined booths gave a wonderfully cosy atmosphere. The room I was staying in was much the same. It was decorated in cream and gold wallpaper with dark wood fittings and a gorgeous view of Potsdamer Platz. The bathroom was three times the size of the one back at my apartment and had the most amazing shower. Over the course of two days, I had somewhere in the region of six showers. It was 1am before I finally fell into bed and as with any strange place, I found myself struggling to fall asleep. The bed was odd and the sheets didn't feel quite right. 
Finally, and with the help of my headphones and some white noise, I was able to drift away. They say that the witching hour is between 3am and 4am. If you're awake at that time, then some think perhaps a spirit of some kind is trying to contact you. At about 3.15am, a gunshot rang out from the direction of the room's bathroom. The sound was loud enough to wake me and I lay in bed terrified and staring at the wall. Yet nothing happened. The hotel wasn't evacuated and no one came to my room. The bathroom was against the wall that bordered the hallway. Across the hallway were more rooms. I was alone in the room and the door was locked. I couldn't hear anyone moving around outside. There definitely wasn't anyone in the bathroom. I shifted on the bed while trying to settle down back to sleep and that's when I saw it. Standing at the foot of the bed was a tall shadow figure with an imposing presence. The figure was probably around six feet tall and even though everything was shrouded in darkness, I got the impression that it was wearing a smart, tailored uniform. As with the previous entity back in my apartment, I did all that I could to rid the room of the figure. I prayed, I flooded the room with white light, every protection ritual that I did failed. I turned on the overhead lights to make sure that there was nothing there. As predicted, I was completely alone in the room. Yet the second those lights were extinguished, this figure that oozed an evil sensation was back at the end of the bed. It remained there for both nights that I stayed in the hotel. I didn't bother to ask to be moved for fear of being ridiculed, nor did I ask about any possible hauntings. I never heard anything about a gunshot within the building. With the weekend over, I returned to the airport and boarded a flight home. The flight is roughly 90 minutes and as we were coming into land, I found myself being shaken awake by a concerned looking member of the cabin crew. According to her, I'd fallen asleep roughly 5 minutes after takeoff and hadn't responded to any attempts by them to wake me. She asked if I was okay and if I needed medical attention on landing. This is pretty normal. It could be somebody who was escaping a situation or who had taken street drugs or something like that that was reacting badly to them. And I was incredibly, incredibly grateful for their concern. But I explained that over the previous two nights, I'd averaged two hours sleep a night and even that was disturbed. On returning home, I decided to do some digging and find out a little more about the area that I'd been staying in. Due to privacy laws, applications like Google Street View are few and far between in Germany. However, I was able to glean some interesting information. The street that the hotel was on is home to many of the city's embassies. The Egyptian one is particularly beautiful and while a lot of the street isn't on Street View, this building is. Go and check it out if you have any interest in architecture. However, it's the other end of the street that we want. If you go to Street View and try to click on this particular spot, it will move you to the street behind the hotel. Why? Probably German privacy laws more than anything that is too strange or spooky. But on that particular spot is a building known as the Bendler Block. Constructed between 1911 and 1914, this building was originally the offices for the Imperial German Navy. After World War I, it was handed over to the Reich Ministry of Defence. In 1944, this now bullet-ridden building became the home of the 20th of July plot, also known as Operation Valkyrie. The plot was the culmination of efforts by several groups in the German resistance to overthrow the Nazi German government. On the morning of July 20th, 1944, Army Lieutenant Klaus van Staffenberg entered Hitler's fortified bunker in modern-day Poland. With him, he had a briefcase which contained a bomb. After placing the bomb in the bunker's conference room, Klaus received a planned telephone call and left. 
The bomb exploded at 12.42pm. There were three casualties. None of them were Hitler. Klaus fled back to Berlin and the Bendler block. It was there that he discovered the news that Hitler was still alive. Operation Valkyrie was part of a larger plot to overthrow Hitler and the Nazi government and to take Germany back. Over the coming weeks, a furious Hitler had everyone who was even remotely connected to the plot rounded up. 7,000 people in all were arrested. 4,980 of them were executed. On that same day, July 20th, 1944, Stauffenberg and three other officers were tried by an impromptu court-martial and executed by firing squad in the Bendlerblock yard. Bendlerblock, while still housing part of the Federal Ministry of Defence, is also home to several museums and memorials, including the memorial to the German resistance. In 1955, the street's name was changed to honour Klaus van Stauffenberg. It is now Stauffenberg Strauss. The only assumption that I can make is that I witnessed some kind of paranormal playback from that terrifying and horrific day. We must never forget what happened between 1939 and 1945, nor the brave men and women who attempted to take back control when they realised that the world they were living in wasn't the one that they wanted to leave behind. We mustn't also forget the people who are now fighting for those same freedoms. Thank you so much for listening. There are plenty of resources online if you'd like to learn more about the history of Operation Valkyrie and the German resistance movement. There will be another podcast focusing on my apartment because there was so much more that happened there that I just need to tell somebody. Very, very, very strange place that felt as though it had some kind of negative energy that just settled over it and just would not move. Very odd place indeed. But until then... If you'd like to join the discussion online, you can find the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Warcraft World Podcast. If you'd like something different and interesting to read, please do look up my website. You can find it at www.roswellpublishing.co.uk. And until next time, stay spooky. 